so, Santa. Ho, ho, ho. Yes? We've uh, put our heads together for the rebrand and we think we can re-release some old games and make them uh, Christmas themed. Games? Yeah, board games. They're all the rage right now. We figure as long as we change the name a little to something Christmassy, we can get away with the copyright. For example, uh, Ticket to Sleigh Ride. <laughs> I see. I may regret asking this, but do you have any other examples? Uh, sure. How about Karudolf or Ghost Blitzen? Are they all reindeer themed? We have enough reindeer games around here. No, we've also got uh, Sansarini. Or Mint Spyfall. Oh dear. No, no, no. There's also Elfdrich Horror. That sounds awful. Or Raptor with a W. Really? All I want for Christmas is Uno. Stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree on a Jingle bells. This meeting is over. Christmas cards against humanity. Get out of my grotto. Okay, boss. We'll get back to uh, polishing the baubles. Merry Christmas. You're fired. Both of you. Let's go. Live from the Treehouse Board Game Cafe in Sheffield, UK, you're listening to the Treehouse Podcast. I'm Patrick Lickman. I'm Matt Turner, and our guest today is Treehouse Game Guru and rival Matt, Matt Arnold. Today on the show, we believe the hype in Keyforge, survive the holidays with family games, and delve into the sublime boats and blokes. Sorry, Port Royal. And that's all this month on the Treehouse Podcast. Hello. Hello and welcome to the Tree Pod Treehouse Podcast for December 2018. We're nearly there, guys. We've nearly finished this year. We nearly completed it 100. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and got, got the and, high score. And got the high score, uh, and we're able to take the little card out of the box and write our names yeah. on uh, on the people who have completed 2018 first. Very soon, very soon, we're going to open envelope 2019 and see see what new gameplay mechanics are going to be involved. You've actually got to rip up uh, envelope 2018, and That's... in the actual lining of the of the uh, of the year, you'll find the the secret meaning to it all, yes. which has been baffling us this whole year through yes and that there's a there's a year envelope marks 20 question mark question mark that none of us have been uh, uh brave enough to open up it says open when you're ready and i'm just not ready i'm not ready um so uh, on on the show with us we have matt arnold hello hello matt hello how are you doing it's a pleasure to be here. Excited and nervous. I feel a bit like a celebrity. Ah, oh, you don't have to be nervous. I <laughs> but, know. But you are a celebrity. Yeah, so that's true. It's, um, double-edged sword, really. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Matt, you are like a multi-million dollar movie star. Yeah. Shh. You have, you have won several Academy Awards. I have. Um, but so... that's, I'm not here to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> You're here to talk about board games. Yeah. As is, as is only right. On the Treehouse Podcast. Yeah. And normally we would start off with a little recap of the events of, of, of November, the things that went on uh, but it was actually a pretty normal month yeah we had we had plenty of events and stuff on it's just they're all the events that always go on of a month yes yeah, so our regular monthly events like the quiz or social gaming or rainbow gamers we had the hearthstone fireside gathering the magic draft um the uh elves convention what that one's not real oh. <laughs> We can't we can't make up events, Matt. Because I can't imagine events and then just say they happened. Well, the problem with that is, yeah. uh, next week we're going to be in the cafe minding our own business, and, and some some man's going to come a in. A whole bunch of elves. Yeah, po- pointy yeah. ears, green cloaks, <laughs> bows and arrows. A lot of it. He's going to. I'm here for the convention. Yeah. Well, sorry. You mate. missed it. It was last week. <laughs> Matt, yeah, you missed, you missed it. It was last month. I told you about it on the on the recap. <laughs> Nothing you can do about it now, unless you're a time elf. <laughs> 
wow, this has gone off the rails maybe <laughs> faster than, than, than any show that we've done so far. What, me accusing a man of being a time elf? <laughs> yeah, I it's think not so. Normal. Okay. Well, um, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you do the moderation. I'll just continue thinking about time elves. Um, have we all had a good, a good month though? Yeah, it's been great. It's been it's been busy. Uh, uh, you know, Treehouse actual work is, is is picking up. I think as the weather gets a bit nastier, a bit darker, people want a nice uh, 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 light space in which to to spend their evenings. Ooh, I have a thing I want to talk about. Go on. Um, so as the weather gets all horrible and dark yeah. and mean and cross with you, yeah. Um, you might notice uh, having if you have been to the Treehouse Cafe that the place is quite big. Yes. Um, and can therefore uh, sometimes get a little chilly of an early morning. Oh, no. So, well, I want to bring everyone's attention to the fact that the treehouse, uh, an oft underused feature of the treehouse, which is uh, multiple space heaters and blankets. That's right. We've oh. got blankets. Yeah, the blankets. You, you didn't know where he was going with that, did you? No, I had no idea where this <laughs> what, was headed. What's he going to say? Sauna. I thought there were more time elves heading straight for us, to be honest. I was going to tell everyone about the sauna that we have in the No, back. it's a secret Don't match. tell them about the sauna. <laughs> Nobody can know. There's uh, no sauna. <laughs> so, a sauna in a board game cafe? What That's a ridiculous, ridiculous idea. <laughs> well, the cards would get soggy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, in the, uh, just over by the board game shelf, you'll, you'll notice a little window off to the left where we keep Clask. Um, that uh, is, the, on there, there is a little box that is full of blankets, um, as well as you can also ask the staff at any point and we'll get, uh, grab you a space heat and, um, only uh, if we know where they are, though. Yeah, only if, we, only if they haven't been stolen by time elves. Uh, but yeah, that, you're absolutely right to, to bring that up, Matt. We're going to need those more and more. Here's a question. Cold day, coziest drink you can get at the treehouse? Um, well, if you ask me to make a London Fog, I will make you one, uh, but it's not on the menu. Okay. That's a, oh, that's a, that's a podcast that's a secret menu. Yeah. That's a secret Patrick menu. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, uh, but if it's something on the menu, I'd say probably like chai a... Chai latte, right? I was going to say a hot chocolate with rum, but maybe that's where oh, our, where our yeah. two different uh, minds go. <laughs> Mine's uh, three straight shots of vodka, so... Uh, <laughs> um, I, I also want to know your coziest game. What oh, game would you like to play when it's cold? A lovely, mm. a lovely long, uh, uh, friendly Euro. Something where, where you can have one of these blankets on, you can be tucked up with your hot chocolate in your room. You don't need to reach too far across the board, yeah. because otherwise you're going to knock a load of pieces off with that blanket. Yeah, something probably not too taxing on the brain, but it is something that you want to get into, something strategic, right? Yeah. Something that you want to sort of focus on to take your mind off how awful everything else is. Absolutely. What do you reckon, Matt? Um, I played Above and Below recently, and oh, I yeah. thought that was quite cosy. I've not played that. What's it's, it like? It's kind of a cross between choose your own adventure and worker placement, um, but it's quite cosy. It's got a lot of little cute little houses and cute little people doing cute things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite cute. Sounds cute to me. Slightly overcomplicated, if I'm honest. Sure. <laughs> Fair enough. What about you, Matt? What do you reckon? Something with an orange theme. Like a, like a warm orange. orange theme. Dixit's nice. It's got oh, a yeah. sort of nice little orange, like warm, cosy vibe to it. You know, you're telling stories essentially around a campfire or space heater. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Uh, now that we've uh, definitively proved the, the best winter games, uh, should we move into our first uh, feature, the game of the month? Our new addition to the game's uh, stock, and that is Keyforge by uh, the Garthmeyer himself. <laughs> Could not say it. No. So, Patrick, what is Keyforge? Well, Matt, I'm glad you asked. 
Keyforge is a unique deck game from our friends over at Fantasy Flight Gaming, uh, created by, as Matt said, Richard Garfield, who we've uh, covered on the show before. His rightful name is the Garfmeyer. The Garfmeyer. Uh, he created Buddy Kingdom, which we talked about in our very first episode. Um, and he also created this little uh, uh, sort of side project, this uh, this thing called Magic the Gathering. You might have heard of it. Yeah. We're all magic players here, actually. We've all we've all played um, uh, to varying degrees of experience. Yes. Uh, you, you've probably got, like, the three stages of, of magic player. <laughs> like, the, the old wizened, I've been doing this for too many years. I know all the rules. It's, it's kind of a lifestyle choice for you, Patrick. Yeah, that, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> um, for, for me, I'm a bit of a bit of a burnout. I uh, enjoyed it, enjoyed it in my teens, and sort of had a had a had a go of it, and then it I'm sort too of cool for it now. every now and again I'll relapse. Yeah, uh, slowly exploring what's new, and then Matt is like the the bright eyed idealist. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the, a lot the of newcomer enthusiasm and very little understanding. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were all uh, to varying degrees uh, pretty hyped when we heard about. Keyforge, uh, which was announced back in August. The idea is, it's a card game in, in much the same vein as, as Magic, where individual cards make up your, your components, the, the things that you have available to you. The, the trick to this game is, whereas in Magic or Netrunner or other games like that, you can uh, build your own deck. Uh, you can take whatever cards you're able to find, you can buy booster packs of new cards and so on, and you can put them together to make a deck of your own creation. And that's your deck. Keyforge doesn't do that. Uh, you have cards, but you can't separate them from the deck that they are that they come with. The deck has a name and yeah. an identity and a deck list, and all the cards come with it, and that's done. Yeah, You're done the, with that deck now. Yeah, and they have a unique uh, back, so you can't mix them in with other other cards. And that's your that's your deck. The trick is every deck in the world has been pre-generated. You just buy a deck and and, and you you uh, open it up and you see what you've got. And every deck is unique. Every single one in the world, none of them are the same as any other. Uh, they are they are all uh, completely unique to one another. They've been generated specifically to ensure that there are 104 septillion possible combinations. And they've currently created, what, 140,000 or something? There's been... Uh, uh, so when you register them on the on, on the app, <clears throat> there's a there's a Keyforge companion app where you can register your decks and, and uh, the unique name shows up and, and uh, is tied to, to your account. Uh, yeah, there's there's about 150,000 at this point. Uh, brand new, brand new uh, decks out there in the wild. But the game is only uh, a week old, two weeks old. Yeah. Uh, very, very new game. I mean, when I first heard about it, I thought this is a stunt, right? Like this is this is a uh, a gimmick of a game of, 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 of for this game. Like yeah. I'm, I wasn't sure what what purpose that served, right? Yeah. And a lot of people shared that view, especially I mean, on the internet, people are always more cynical. But the more cynical view of that was, oh, it's a cash grab. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's not so much a deck builder as a deck buyer. You know, Fantasy Flight are going to take all your money by making you buy deck after deck, sure. forcing you to go and grab uh, until you can manage to get yourself a, a competitive one. A really great and one. And I, I think if you view this game in the same way as you view Magic the Gathering, then you you might be disappointed because it doesn't, it's not at all similar in that way. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you're, you if you were to treat this game like Magic the Gathering, if you were, try, if you were to try and min-max it to try and make sure you, you've got you're winning as much as, as humanly possible yeah. to make sure that you are competitive, then maybe you might find it to be a a, a cash sink. Yes. But actually, I mean, Matt and I had a, ga- a few games yesterday and we just, we, we had a, a range of, of 
decks to choose from. And we just kind of mixed and matched. Yeah, and, you just and try them out. It was like opening yeah, a board game and it, choosing it a feels, character. And it, yeah, exactly. It feels much more like a board game. It's much more lighthearted than Magic the Gathering. Yeah. It's, it's more kind of fun and it's easier to jump straight into. Absolutely. It kind of makes more sense just to an outsider, as it were. Yeah. If you like, if you've been playing Keyforge for ten years, or if you've been playing it for ten minutes, your deck theoretically should have the same power. Yes. Yeah. Which means it's more about how you actually play the deck than kind of how much money you can afford to spend on yeah, cards. Yeah, that was the analogy that uh, Garfield used. It was in there's an introductory article in the rulebook, and and the analogy that he uh, used was uh, the difference between an amusement park and a, and a jungle, uh, where in an amusement park there's lots of exciting things to see but there are people to show you around and signposts and, and cues and you you have to uh, uh go around in this specific order or, or, or whatever um and and it's all very regimented uh, and that's magic whereas keyforge is the jungle uh where in the jungle uh there are things to find but you have the tools you have and that's it and you have to 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 make your own way uh and and the emphasis that they seem to be putting as you said matt is is on uh, players getting really good with their own individual decks, and and that's uh, that's a sensation I I felt that that might grow over time. I don't know. I like I've I've played maybe with my best deck, my 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 favorite personal deck that I have bought. Yeah. Um. I I found I I bought two. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, well, if I get a bad one, then at least there'll be one worse. If I get the worst <laughs> possible one, there'll at least be one yeah, you worse won't have than to my play the second worst one. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, then, uh, but uh, so I bought two, and the one I really like, um, I've had a great time with, um, and I feel like I'm getting to know it, and I know that I'm waiting for certain combinations and that sort of thing. Also, though, um, the, we should talk a little bit about the mechanics of the game. Oh yeah, we talked for like five minutes about distribution, and and frankly, there's, I think there's lots of people who are like, I don't care about distribution. Tell yeah. me, tell me about the game. Um, so the interesting thing about this game is, okay, so the the aim of the game is to forge three keys. The way you do that is by having a certain number of these amber points on on your card, uh, which is six, the the, the gold number, uh, at the start of your turn. Yep. Okay, so you get as many as you can. Lots of cards give you them, and you can steal them from your opponent, and all all this sort of stuff. Uh, and then, at the start of your turn, if your opponent hasn't brought you below that total, you forge a key, yep. and you got to do that three times, and then you win. Yeah, um, simple as that. Easy. Sounds like it takes fifteen minutes. <laughs> if, well, yeah, well, I mean, it can. Um, so <laughs> can, the can it? <laughs> we had a couple of quick yeah, games. we had a quick game. Yeah. Um, oh wow. Um, so the interesting thing for me is that each deck is made up of three houses, yeah. these three kind of archetypes um, that, that are supposed to kind of synergize together with each other um, and uh, and really kind of like bounce uh, bounce off one another. Because you at the start of your turn, you kind of have a hand of cards and then you choose one of the houses and you can only play and use cards of that house. That's right. And um, this is in lieu of like a mana system yes. or, or credits. So in, cards, in cards are played free of cost. Which yeah. would be an unusual idea for people who've played other deck builders. Which, especially because there are cards that are just better than other cards. Sure. You, know, yeah. you might have a card that says destroy each undamaged creature. I have my, I might have a card that says destroy each creature. Yes. Um they don't and they, <clears throat> they are in theory the same cost. Yeah. The real cost is in the context of, of what's going on in the game state at that moment. Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing I um I sort of found was that as you're playing through this, so you're, you're, you're waiting on like a big handful of the same colored cards. Yes. Right? So and then you want turn. to just do a big turn. Yeah, sometimes there's, there's no limit on the number of cards you can play in a turn either. Yeah. For, for sure. Uh, and, and during your turn, because you're going to draw up at the end of your turn up to a, a kind of six card hand size, 
you're playing your smaller turn to try and wait for the bigger turn to come up. Yes. You're like, okay, like, okay, maybe if I play these two cards of one color, maybe I'll draw up new more cards of this color I'm banking on having a big combo turn with, which is great fun. Again, really, really good fun. The thing I I was worried about playing yesterday and playing in the, in, in the past is there are certain houses that feel maybe like they would work better if you only had that house. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, there are certain houses that just feel a little underwhelming. Like, yeah. if, if, like if it wasn't just one of the three in your deck. Yes. Yeah, I, I think partly because those houses fish for combos that involve cards of that house as well. And sure. if you've only got a third of your deck that's made up of that house, then those combos are going to be that much harder to hit. If you open a deck and got one of those houses, you might go, dead deck. Yeah, yeah. Not gonna play I, I wonder if you can maybe clear this up for me. So you said the 240 cards printed. That sounds into... ish. Uh, and is that have they decided whether that's it for the whole life of the game, or will they be printing new cards as the game grows? Uh, well, Matt, uh, the the publisher is Fantasy Flight, so this won't be it. No, uh, there, <laughs> there will there will be more. Yeah, more, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. For but... for me. What really feels like it needs to happen is people need to play this game and work out what the flaws with it are because it's a new game, yes. right? There yeah. are there's a lot of things about it that are not quite polished. I think that was the feeling that I came away with after playing for an hour and a half, two hours. Was maybe I- I'm willing to accept some of the blame myself. I don't <laughs> think I was playing the game perfectly. I mean, I mean, yeah, you and you were new to it. Everybody is, right? But I I do feel like there's a few things that could be polished up a little bit. Yeah, um, certainly. I I would personally like to see a little bit more of a unified theme. Uh, the theme at the moment is very wacky, very cartoony, which I'm all for. That's that's fantastic. I don't mm-hmm. want it to be dour and serious. Uh, but each of the houses kind of represents a different genre, and each of them has their own very distinct visual style. Yeah. Um, but they don't match up particularly well. Yeah, sure. Um, and you see this, you see this in quite a lot of things that like t- tend to combine things. Uh, Smash Up is a good example where it's a deck uh, combiner, right? You uh, choose two. Again, kind of houses yes. from robots, zombies, aliens, wizards. Uh, like uh, I think there's, uh, there's just, time elves. Yeah, yeah. there's time <laughs> elves, um, uh, grimlets, um, the the wabba, the the the, the jabberwocky, the hoojmaflume, yeah, the um, wheat bisque husks, the wheat bisque husks. <laughs> but yeah, they, there's all sorts in there. Um, and the idea is that you choose two of them and you shuffle them up together. They all have the same card back, and you've just made a deck. And it might have synergies and it might not, but you're going to yeah. find out and you're going to have fun. It feels kind of like that where you're just trial and erroring things. Now, in, in Smash Up, you, the, the combination is the thing, Yeah. right? Same in Keyforge, except your combination is locked in yeah. with a forged yeah. key. You've spent nine quid. It's, it, to be honest, like it depends on what, what, what you pay for games. Yes. But actually, £18 to have a go and to like have your own deck and have someone else have another uh, another deck and just see how they roll out. Or £9 but if you're being to... introduced to it by somebody else. Yeah, like, absolutely. Just like or I'm assuming that this game is also available to play in the cafe. Uh, no, it actually isn't. Uh, this is... <laughs> in, a, in a dramatic break from tradition, bam, bam, bam. we've chosen a game that uh, we don't actually have on the shelf at the moment uh, because... We're really excited about it anyway, and we just want to talk about it. But a couple of things to note here. First of all, we might be getting a Keyforge starter set onto the shelves uh, at some point. They are sold out at the moment. Fantasy Flight has had this huge rush of, of people wanting to buy them, which is fair enough. But 
eventually we, we hope to to get one out so you can you can uh, uh try it for yourself matt and i tend to carry our decks around everywhere yeah uh, and if you're in the cafe with us at any point like we will bring them down yeah. like we we don't mind that's uh, probably gonna be in my bag yeah i'm not especially precious about my decks I, i'm happy to lend them out yeah uh last thing relating to having it at the cafe i've been asked by the bosses ruth and andy who you might have heard on the last episode to ask you if uh, this game sounds interesting to you, or if you're already a player and you, you're tuning in to hear what we think, and you're in Sheffield, uh, do you think we should do Keyforge tournaments at the cafe? Uh, Ruth and Andy wanted to ask uh, uh, whether there'd be interest in that, because of course we want to know so that uh, you know people show up if we put one on. <laughs> yeah, we want to make a successful event. Yeah, but yeah otherwise it'll just be the three of us yeah. <laughs> sitting there looking lonely. Uh, but if that sounds interesting to you, I'd really like to run that and and, and have that be a, a part of the cafe, grow a little bit of a keyforge community. I think mm. that'd be really nice. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, let us know, email, Twitter, Facebook, all that nonsense. And so now it's time to talk about our topic of the month, uh, and that being, uh, tis the season to. Play board games. Um, and It's uh, always the season to play board games. That's true. But tis the season to do so with family members that you don't often see all year round. Hooray! Um, Hooray! <laughs> so we thought we'd talk about a little bit of festive gaming. Um, what is uh, kind of... What's a game that you can play that's accessible, um, that not maybe not everyone at your table um, this season is going to be a gamer? Yeah, this happens all the time. You know, people... I think board games, uh, as a hobby, is very evangelical. People are very eager to, to get uh, people that they uh, know, friends or family, uh, uh, join them up with it. Because because you have to have more than one person to play a board game. Christmas is kind of the perfect time to do that. The tricky thing is, there's Christmas is also the perfect time for a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a, always loads of stuff going on at Christmas, right? Around that time, you might not have that many days uh, to, to spend with people, but even if you do, it always feels like there's something going on, or it feels like people just want to take some time, relax, and not use their brain. Sit down on a sofa and eat a chocolate. Yeah. So how do we how do we convince them? How do we how do we uh, get the whole gang on board with with uh, family games? We have to pick a great game. Yeah, absolutely. One that that looks good from the outset and also uh, is isn't going to put people off five minutes in and they go, ah, I think I'm yeah, going to go and get some turkey. It has to be simple, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a mistake I've made in the past. <laughs> so, so classic ones that that uh, always come up and for good reason. Uh, Ticket to Ride, yeah, uh, uh, is is just the perfect uh, gateway game. You know, it's it's fifteen years old ish, yeah. about there, about fifteen years old now, uh, and it still you know uh, holds up really well. If your family wants to play Monopoly. Bring out tickets to ride and say it's going to have everything you want, but like without any of the arguments or sadness. Uh, uh, alternatively, <laughs> uh, you might like to try. <laughs> We've definitely fallen out about ticket to ride before. <laughs> <laughs> alternatively, you might like to try some party games, uh, something like code names if you've got a bigger group, um, or maybe Anomia if you don't. Something kind of fun, fairly fast paced, uh, uh, that's not doing too much you know the, the, there's not five different mechanics going on there's just one yeah, yeah I thought I've, Codenames was the first thing that came to mind when Patrick mentioned that we were talking about family games because it's something that I've played with my family for a few years now and it's so simple to get your head around but it, le- it leads to a lot of hilarity and you can take it as seriously or as non-seriously as you ever want to yeah absolutely um, I've o- I think I've only ever played that game in a, a capacity where I was half concentrating so um, <laughs> then, it's, then, it's, then it's perfect yeah exactly <laughs> personally anything where um, I mean 
Uh, crossing's really good if you can get your hands on it. Um, anything where everyone does the same thing on a turn yeah. um, so that you know, you're know you not necessarily uh, having those times when everyone's yes. waiting and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, everyone's involved constantly. Um, like... Uh, you don't what you don't want is for mum to take her uh, her turn and then go okay I'm gonna just do a little bit of cleaning up from the from yeah. Christmas dinner and then just not come back yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah like like I say they had, if if the game isn't holding your attention it's it's not gonna work it's not good enough yeah yeah, yeah absolutely I think also for me a family game is something that gives you license to have fun with it yes so in a sense you want something like code names where actually the primary purpose is almost not even to play the game mm-hmm. it just gives you a kind of framework to have a bit of a relaxed kind of conversation around. Yeah, another another great party game example is Telestrations. Or if everybody in your family is is an adult, you could try Scrawl instead. Same game. Uh, they are the same game. Yeah. In which you are uh, drawing a, a picture based on a prompt, passing it around, and then and then writing a description of that picture that you've just been passed. Uh, it, it sort of gets more and more complicated as you as you go down the line. Except everybody's doing it at the same time. So again, there's no, there's no uh, waiting. Time. There's no dead air. There's no, yeah. no time when you're waiting for your turn. Uh, absolutely. I think also you might try something like uh, something hidden role, like uh, deception, yeah. murder yeah. in Hong Kong. That is a great game for pretty much any number of players, uh, from from four up to I think it can go up to twelve. With so the, the, full, the full maximum was twelve. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would play it with twelve. No, no. Um, maybe, maybe ten. Yes, ten is probably as high as I'd go with it, and even then you might you might be pushing it. But it gives everyone a spotlight in that game. Yes, you're trying yeah, to figure out who absolutely. the who the murderer is. One person is holding court in the center of the table, and and they're listening to everyone's individual cases uh, and accusing each other. But it's all in the game. No one's accusing each yeah. other of picking on them. Yeah. It's it's perfect to play with family as well because part of the deal with deception is trying to work out when people are trying to mislead you. Yeah. yeah. And if you know your family well, then you can tell exactly when they're lying. Yeah. Can... It's a it's a great generator for conversation, like Matt said. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, a game where you want to be able to talk to each other a whole lot, where the talking is almost more important than, than the winning. Alternatively, um, this one might come out of left field a little bit. I played this with my family last Christmas, and it was a huge hit. Uh, Secret Hitler uh, is a wow, game, great game that not many people would consider playing with their family because it's a game with the word Hitler in the title. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and it's about liberals and fascists working against one another in secret in the parliaments of Germany in 1930-something. <laughs> but it's really good. It is a great game. Uh, it, it, you could also play The Resistance. I prefer Secret Hitler because it has some slightly slight, slight tweaks of, of mechanics. Yes. Uh, that I, that I prefer. More accessible as well. But again, it's a conversation-focused game. It's a game that has even more of that people trying to mislead you stuff. And often, uh, when you play those hidden role games with... Uh, veteran groups, people who have played all the time, they logic it out a bit too much. Yeah. Um, and, and games aren't quite as much fun because people have become too good at it. That's where I, that's why I think deception really yeah. comes into its own because it can't, you can't logic it out. No. It's yes. all subjective. Now, here's another left field suggestion for holiday gaming. Go on. Um, a videoed game. A, v- a videoed game. Mm, a with, videoed game with, without a uh, without a board. Without a board. Well, well where do you where do you put whoa your pieces? <laughs> <laughs> well, where are the meeples? Yeah. Um, no one warned me about this. <laughs> I I don't understand. What is a television? <laughs> so, um, there are games out there that function exactly as board games, except with a central screen. Now, I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't 
um, try to make sure that you're around a table for a bit, right? Yes. But at some point, your family's going to want to be around a screen, or some families. If you've got kids, they're going to gravitate that way. Things like the Jackbox uh, stuff that you can get on uh, PCs and Macs and all sorts of uh, bits and bobs. Mm. Uh, most consoles as well. Uh, Jackboxes are essentially family games uh, where you um, all control it using your phone. Yeah. It gives you a code. Everyone uh, kind of opens up the, the kind of URL URL on their smartphone and then they put in this four-digit code and then suddenly that your phone is a controller for the game that's on the screen it's so simple and it's usually it can be trivia it can be voting it can be drawing using the the touch screen yes. um, all sorts of stuff uh, inputting like suggestions uh, and uh, like things like quiplash uh, where you have to basically make the funniest answer uh, a game uh, called uh, use your words is really good that is a game in which you uh essentially get shown uh, foreign uh, footage, for- foreign film footage from like 1970 something where yeah. it's just like uh, you- really out of context clips yeah. uh, without the subtitles and you have to add the subtitles to whatever's being said. It's a great game. People will find it a hilarious fun. It shows everyone's answer at the end so everyone gets their moment in the spotlight and then everyone votes for the funniest and it's yeah. just this like it's a great feeling to be sat around on sofas and chairs and sat on the floor and stuff, all inputting into the same uh, thing and then all seeing the fruits of your labor. And I think, like, it's not technically a board game, but, like, I think it has what board gamers are looking for. Sounds like a wholesome episode of Black Mirror to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think trivia is always popular, particularly with people who aren't especially, wouldn't consider themselves gamers. Yeah. Uh, Timeline is a good example of that. I played one the other day called Destination X. I don't know if you guys... I haven't played it. I see yeah, it on the X, shelf. I, the principle of it is is kind of hidden role in the sense that some, what, someone's a spy and they get an option of a few different countries. There, there's, a, there's a deck of cards that have all the countries in the world in them and they get an option of a country that their their spy is hiding in and then you have the ability to ask them certain questions about their country and try and work out where they're hiding and you're asking things like population and yeah, it's and, population, and land mass it's area it's like the Goodness what me. letter does the capital city begin with so it appeals to all those people who kind of fancy something to do with trivia yeah. but at the same time the trivia is often so obscure that even if you have quite good knowledge of geography you really won't know. And actually, it just, it again, for me, it's it, it's perfect in that it provokes conversation. It's accusing people. It's trying to work out when people are bluffing you. And that that's always an amusing thing to do. Yeah, it sounds like and it's it got... engages people who aren't always into, like, people who wouldn't be into playing a heavy game with a lot of rules. Sure. You can bring them in really quickly. And, and you can start having fun in a very short amount of time after you've started playing the game. Good. Well, hopefully that's given you some ideas of, of games that you can uh, take home and, and uh, have a go around the uh, around the table or around the, the screen, as it might be. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about our guest spotlight game. This is where our guest today, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hello. Uh, you've chosen a game that you want to bring in uh, and, and, and have us all talk about. What, what have you picked? I've picked a game called Port Royal, or colloquially known as Boats and Blokes in the cafe. Boats and Blokes is its real name. Uh, <laughs> uh, Port Royal is what's written on the box. <laughs> Matt Arnold. Speaking. What on earth is Blokes and Boats, otherwise known as Port Royal? So, Port Royal is a card game, and it casts players as traders in the Caribbean. So you're sort of rubbing shoulders with all the characters you'd expect to find in in a film like Pirates of the Caribbean. You've got pirates, admirals, innkeeps, all that kind of jazz. Merchants. Merchants, exactly. It's It's that kind of... 
it's a relatively unheard of theme for uh, for uh, for a board game, and it's great. It's not heavy on <laughs> it's not heavy on theme no. to begin with. Uh, the theme is kind of incidental, um, but it's it's just really good fun. Um, basically, how the game works is you accumulate wealth. Uh, so you're, you're kind of trading with ships to accumulate coins and you're using these coins to hire blokes, as it were, to, to work for you. And the, the blokes give you points, uh, so they'll, they'll help you to win the game in that way, but they also give you sort of special abilities to power up your turns. So you end up having these ridiculous turns and the, the whole kind of game is based around this idea of pushing your luck. So you're laying out cards and it's possible to go bust and you're trying to avoid going bust. So and in in that way again it kind of promotes fun. You're interacting with other people. They're kind of egging you on, trying to make <laughs> yeah. you go bust, that kind of thing. Yeah, so especially with the cards that make you benefit when someone else goes bust, immediately that marks you as a sort of person who's going to go go on, go for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think for me what makes this game really special People ask you a lot what your favourite board game is working in a board game cafe, and it's a difficult question to answer. It's like yeah, yeah. asking someone what their favourite film is or what their favourite book is. Yeah, like how do you choose just one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But for me, what makes this game really special is I- I'm terrible at losing, usually. I- I'm not afraid to admit that. <laughs> I think a lot of people who play board games do it because they like to win. And sure. I th- for me, that is an important part of playing strategy games. But what makes this game, Port Royal, really fun for me is actually it's fun even if you're not winning. Yeah. And fairly early on, maybe sometimes you know that you're not going to win, but you still you can still enjoy the game. And I think for me, that's what makes it really special is it's just you're having fun, you're interacting with other people, you're kind of... It's it's also... It's a, it's a joke, but there's enough to the game that if you want to play it really seriously and you want to try it really hard, then it promotes that as well. Yeah. It's an engine builder, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, you're building a machine that is trying to either lean in to your pushing of luck or counteract your bad luck. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, like, in itself, a nice idea for a game. That's the other thing as well. I really like it. I guess all board games do this, but you get this kind of microcosm of someone's personality. Yeah, yes, And absolutely. you see that kind of manifesting itself in the way that they play the game. How do, I, how do, how do you like to play Port Royal? What's, what's <laughs> well, your style? This is, this is the other thing. I'm essentially quite reckless and sometimes make terrible decisions, <laughs> as anyone who knows me will know. Um, um, that comes out in Port Royal, so I'm always going bust. But I'm always having a great time while doing it. <laughs> what, what about you, Matt? Um, I like to... I'm actually the opposite. Um, I like to be able to gain the power to forego being bust right like i love to i love to do the sort of um get lots of swords which can help you kind of push away boats that would make you go bust yeah uh, and then um keep going make make my turn as long as possible basically basically i want to be the center of attention for as long as humanly possible <laughs> really T- tell us more about that on your podcast man <laughs> For, for myself, uh, I tend to drift between the two of you, uh, but my, my, my play style comes out much more when it's not my turn, which is that I love egging on everyone else. Yeah, I, that's one of my favourite aspects of the game. No, it'll be sure. fine. Go on, yeah. one more. <laughs> yeah, you oh, come on, it. you won't yeah, go bust. Oh, fine. you went bust? Oh. Patrick, also, your your way of playing Push Your Luck games is pushing your luck a lot, and then you just getting away with it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, that <laughs> is definitely true. a valid style. I am, work for me. I am terrible. I'm, I'm pretty good at Port Royal, it you turns are. out. You've won yeah. a lot. <laughs> pretty good at luck. Um, yeah. So, the, um, like... We we're saying all these kind of high and mighty like hyperbolic things about it, right? All yeah. these all these kind of um, uh, how it shows you about yourself, and you can see into your your opponent's soul. When um, when when you look into the blokes, the boats look back at you. Exactly. <laughs> L- 
let's talk about it's a tiny game it's a tiny box yeah. it's a deck of cards um, that have on one side a coin and on the other side either a boat or a bloke yeah, the, and there are literally no other components yeah they're just yeah. the cards and yeah. this is this is another thing I really like about it is it travels really well if you're looking for a game to take away with you yeah. on holiday then there's a huge amount of play in such a tiny box that's true yeah and, absolutely and that, that brings me to potentially an even more exciting thing about Port Royal which is recently they well, I suppose recently, in, in geological terms, about two years ago, <laughs> <laughs> um, they released... Cosmically recently. <laughs> they released an expansion for it, which is a cooperative story mode for it's, Port Royal, which, which if you've mad. been listening to what we've been saying about the game, maybe sounds a bit far-fetched. Which yeah. is, you, you'd, it, you'd have to see this to, to, to understand how yeah. hogwild that is, because yeah. every card is either a boat or, or a a reasonably like basic drawing of a human yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and, and a, a human standing there not yeah, a human yeah. doing anything no, no, not no, a human no, in action standing yeah. on a port yeah, yeah all exactly. standing in exactly the same place <laughs> yeah. they've just taken the same background the game is if we're honest themeless there's nothing going on in the theme and the story mode just converts it from this essentially sort of quite fun game about pushing your luck to such a it's a heartwarming kind of hilarious story about these terribly unbelievable characters who live (laughs) in this ridiculous world of sort of fantasy pirates and <laughs> priests and occult rituals and it's just yeah it's very odd uh, I, 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 like, I, I like it a great deal it is very strange, it is strange. Yeah, the one, of the, one of the most successful things about the story mode is that you can play it cooperatively yeah. the base yeah. game you can't, yeah, you can't do that um, but when you do that, you have objectives, and you have to try and achieve those objectives, but you're working together to do it. We should talk about how the game works, I suppose. Yes, Is that, like, you, on your turn, deal from the deck a card, and then, at any point, you can stop and take one of those cards. Um, the cards will either be a boat that will bring you coins, uh, which you'll take from the top of the deck, and they just have you have the coins, or you can keep going. Now, if at any point you deal two of the same coloured ship, you go bust. Um, but if you can... Uh, there are five different colours of ship. Yeah, in the base game. Yeah. In the base game. If you can assemble four different colours of ship, you can take two cards from that uh, from that kind of tableau. The ports you have established. Yeah, it kind of encourages you to, to go a little further. Absolutely. And then in the middle of those those ships, you'll also get a bloke. You know, a, a human who will help you build that engine and all that sort of stuff. Now, um, once you've finished and taken your card or cards... Um, your all your opponents get a chance to take one from you as well from from that port they can pay you a coin to take one of the cards that were out for you to choose from yeah so you also have to consider like what somebody else might be interested in while you're taking yeah. cards for yourself and you can you can take the strategy pretty deep in that kind of side of the game yeah and 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 in the, in the co-op game that means instead of going i don't want them to get it anymore so i i've got what i want and i'll stop um you are constantly trying yeah. to push for another card some that, so that everyone on the table can have something from yeah. your offering. Yeah, and, that's, and that's the other thing I really like about the cooperative game is it re- it's incredible the depth of discussion that you have to go into. You'll forget whose turn it is yeah. because it feels like everybody's turn every turn. You're kind of having these really deep discussions about what you need 
to to gain from the tableau yeah uh and yeah it, it just it, it kind of it brings you a whole new level of strategy from it's what is essentially of, a really simple game it's kind of shocking how different it is yeah um, I, I wouldn't have seen it coming to be honest yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> um it's, it's it's also a game that is so small on our shelf that most people will overlook it. Yeah, Although we it do have it in the store. Yeah, yeah, people people don't want to play it. I recommend it to people, and they're like, "Oh, it looks like just another German card game, yeah, basically." Yeah. But what it actually is is so much more than that. It's a lot of fun, and that that brings me actually to another one of my favorite things about the story mode is some of the way the way because <laughs> you've got these cards that tell you the story as you go through, and yeah. <laughs> the way that some of them are written obviously makes perfect sense in German, and I can see how it would have been written in German, but yeah. the translations are just. Kind of low budget, not 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 maybe. perfect. Say, yeah, they're so. not perfect. That's that's all I should say about them. Suppose, there was what we were looking at earlier, right? Yeah. The, uh, um, I'm trying to remember what the wording of it. It's was. a ransom note. Yeah. <laughs> that said, like, we have your mother. She's in our power. Your mother is in our power. Sure. Um, bring us seven coins and don't dare do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> What else would you do? <laughs> Don't dare We'll be in touch. It's a thing. <laughs> so it's it's a little silly. It's a little fluffy. Uh, but as we've sort of said over and over, playing it, it's just great. Yeah, it's just so much fun. And 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 the co-op and the, or the 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 expansion, the story mode expansion, does bring a lot more faff to the game. I've yeah. got to admit. Whereas the Port Royal base game is. A bunch of cards. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is what I like about it. It can be almost anything that you want it to be. It can be a simple game that takes 10, 15 minutes. It's really easy to explain. It's really easy to learn. It's easy to work out how to win. Or it can be this cooperative game. And in that box, you've got maybe, I don't know, we played through the whole story and it took us... I don't even know, like maybe 15, 20 hours to get through the whole thing, which is a lot really, of gaming. That is yeah. a lot of gaming for, a, for yeah. such a small box. It's not expensive either. No. Exactly, yeah. You're getting so much for for the game, as yeah. it were. Like there is a bit more faff in, in, in uh, the, the, the story mode. There is. There's cubes and there's cards that oh, go off to the side. Who doesn't love they... a wooden cube? <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like setup for the base game is so simple. Mm. I don't mind them layering on a bit more for, for an... Because with an expansion, you kind of know what you're getting. It's yeah. not too bad. Uh, I, I think it's like perfectly fine. Yeah. And it is rewarding. Like yes. playing it feels rewarding. Uh, to be honest, guys, listening to this... Please come down to the Treehouse Board Game Cafe. Please ask us to teach you at Port Royal because we will enjoy it. We love it. You yeah, will enjoy the game. You'll love it. Everyone loves it. We we'll all have a good time. I've never taught Port Royal, actually. I think that'd be a really fun teach. It yeah. is, yeah. Because you see people... It's one of those ones where you see the understanding dawning on people. As <laughs> yeah. You go through it. yeah. They go, oh no, I don't want to go bath. <laughs> and for anyone who's interested in finding this game, it's published by Pegasus Games. Uh, which is a German company, and the expansion is called Port Royal. The adventure begins. It's not called Boats and Blokes Story Mode. No, it's not. <laughs> um, and someday we're going to call games oh, by their real name. Pegasus Games, if you're listening, please publish the second instalment of the story. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is the first. It is the first chapter of hopefully many. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and and yes, please do that immediately. Well, well Pegasus continues. Games, they also make Skies of Morocco, so there's a decent like reprint policy there. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's good. Fair enough, so yeah. fingers crossed. So. Uh, that's pretty much it for us. We've got a couple last things to mention here. Um, business is mostly as usual over the uh, Christmas holidays. Uh, so we are closed for three days. We're closed for the 24th of December, the 25th, 
and the 26th, and then we're open for business again on the 27th. Yeah, don't, don't be coming out and banging on the door on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll only be disappointed. Yeah, we won't be there. Or, or we will be there, but we'll be hiding. We will have closed all the blinds so that you can't see we'll, us. You we'll might, be, we'll I be might, in the sauna. I might lean out. <laughs> yeah, we'll, be, we'll be in the sauna room. You'll, uh, a window in the first floor will open, uh, and the steam will, will, will billow out, <laughs> and you'll see me. Like, uh, with no top on. Yeah, wearing a, a towel. towel. <laughs> going like, you boy, what day is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Christmas Day, sir. So why are you here? <laughs> and scene. All right. Uh, that, that pretty much does it for us, I think. <laughs> I think so. I think thank you all. Be... Thank you all very much for listening. Um, thank you, Matt, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's I been ho- a pleasure. I hope you've had a nice time. I have. Great. Thanks and so. we'll see you all in the new year. We will. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Treehouse Podcast, featuring Matt Turner, Patrick Lickman, and Matt Arnold. The producers were Matt and Patrick, and the theme tune was by Custom Phase. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speaker and nobody else. <laughs>